Welcome to the Conscious Culture Cafe, the podcast that explores how you can lean into your purpose, live your values, and enhance your social impact through your work. I'm your host, Kathy Miller Perkins. Welcome back to the Conscious Culture Cafe. Wow, we are living in interesting times. We're in the midst of instability on steroids. The global spread of the COVID-19 virus, along with the economic consequences, are testing the grit of all of us. Yet, this crisis, while threatening, also presents us with opportunities. Opportunities to lead, to learn, to become more resilient. My guests today, Kathy Irvine and Jeff Powder from Watershed Organizational Development Group, based in Western Canada, are with me to explore these opportunities. Kathy and Jeff have more than 60 years combined experience working with clients from all sectors across North America and around the globe. They focus on organizational change leadership and on the risks that leaders must take to make those changes. And I'm delighted to say that for the past 10 years, we've been working together because Kathy and Jeff have been part of the Miller Consultants Consortium. Welcome, Kathy and Jeff. Let's get started. Kathy and Jeff and I were talking recently about these strange circumstances and conditions that we're living through, and we were talking about it from the standpoint of what happens in the workplace. We concluded that most of us are participating in the workplace either as employers or employees, and no matter which side we take it from or which perspective, we have to think about how we're going to get through each day, how we're going to survive in these awful conditions that change by the hour. But on the other hand, we will emerge from this at some point. And so how do we prepare for the longer term? Once we emerge from the current threats, what is it that we will face? How can we walk into this unknown time that comes after the crisis? We all agree that we believe we really are in transformational times, and we're all anxious about that. But we also know that with a crisis and with transformational times come opportunities. Let's start with the perspective of individuals or employees. Most of us are working from home, trying to figure out what this means and how to do it. Many people have lost their jobs and others just aren't sure what's going to happen over the next few months. So, Jeff, under these really dire conditions, do you think it's even possible for individuals to look for opportunities in the middle of this mess? Well, Kathy, I certainly don't want to minimize the challenges that people are feeling and just how dire the current situation is. But the reality that a lot of people are starting to see is that there are some opportunities. There are some things hidden in the corners of this experience. And I think that's where the opportunity to, as an employee, really help move some things forward really lives. If we look for those things that we haven't seen before, we pay attention to them. We are curiously involved in what those changes are that we're seeing, then I think we can start asking things of our work. We can start asking things of our employer that could really be foundational changes, transformational changes for perhaps a different future. 
So even though we're uncomfortable, and most people are uncomfortable with all this ambiguity, we can learn to take a step back. Is that what you're saying? Take a step back and reflect. Can you give me some examples? Well, I think almost all discomfort is part of change. Every time change happens, we have to be a little bit discomforted by things. Otherwise, we wouldn't change. So if we start shifting our perspective and seeing that those things that are making us uncomfortable right now might have some hidden gold in them, some things that we can look for, things that we can lever, things that we, as long as we pay attention to, can really make a change, I think that this is a fantastic opportunity to do some things we might never have otherwise done. Yeah, that really does make sense. Kathy, what do you think about this? Well, as Jeff's talking, it's also causing me to kind of reflect on that there is true opportunity, but I think that we also need to really just say that we want to hold space for those employees that are quite concerned and are feeling the pressure possibly of the day-to-day putting food on the table because of where they are. So I very much appreciate, and I think we want to move people to that place of opportunity. I would say that to individuals, whether you're still employed or you're not employed, is really spend some time on realizing, Kathy, as you said, this isn't going to last forever, and how can we just find a space of being in this without fighting it? Because as we know, it is beyond our control. And that's probably the hardest part for most of us. Most people like to be in control, like some predictability in their lives. Not everybody, but most of us. And and back to Jeff, back to your comment about having to live with the discomfort and change only happens with discomfort. That's a really hard balancing act, I think. How do you do that? What are some ways that our listeners can think about that? How can they put aside their anxiety in order to look for those opportunities? Or on the other hand, does it help their anxiety by looking for the opportunities? What do you think, Jeff? Well, I think part of the magic of this moment, Kathy, is that we have to be able to keep our minds in both the spaces we're talking about. In the one where we take care of ourselves, we recognize the things that we can control, we take very active steps to keep our bodies and our minds as healthy as they can be. We try and minimize the stress. We try and minimize the confusing information that's coming our way. But at the same time, we have the opportunity to focus on what am I learning? What's Mm -hmm. unexpected? What haven't I been paying attention to in the past that simply by working at home or simply by talking to my neighbors and my colleagues in a different kind of way I've never seen before. Both of those things of caretaking of myself and the people around me and looking for the opportunities can be held at the same time. It's not an easy balancing act, but it can be fundamental to moving through this. That does make sense. And it reminds me of something that one of my colleagues told me last week. She said that she has been in touch with people in her company that she hasn't talked with for months, if not years, because people are working from their homes, they're feeling isolated, they're reaching out in new ways to people that they didn't necessarily reach out to before, because that gives them a sense of connection. So there's one of those opportunities. What makes the difference when we reach out to people and really have a conversation rather than think, oh yeah, they're out there, but I'll get to them at some point. So there's an example of it. 
If I could just jump in there as well, we had a, a lovely conversation with one of our clients who had sent an email to her president of the company after he had done a virtual town hall. And she said that she was so impressed by the confidence that he instilled in the people or what she felt. And so she thought rather than just kind of brushing that off and thinking, isn't that his job? She actually sent an email and was delighted And she got an email back, probably within 30 minutes. I'm really echoing what your colleague was saying around that whole idea of reaching out. Mm -hmm. Because because we will get through this. And so when I think about courageous caring, because those connections that we're going to work on today and over weeks and months to come really are going to fuel and breed trust when we come back together again. Yes, and that trust issue, I think, is just so critical, more critical in a crisis than any time. It's always critical. It's always foundational. But now is the time to really bolster trust because people are feeling anxious, and that's a time when any kind of lack of trust could be a real problem. So how do you think, as individual employees, what would we, as you think about it, do differently in order to make sure that we strengthen trust with our colleagues? You got any ideas, Jeff, about that? Well, again, I I think as we're speaking here about just reaching out to one another, what's happened has caused us to reach out to different people in different kinds of ways and surprising kinds of ways. And I think that we we can maintain that energy. We can maintain that awareness of, boy, it was really good that we tried to connect in different kinds of ways and with different kinds of people. And if we stay on top of that and we make intentionality of those kinds of actions really part of our daily practice, I think we can continue the momentum. Because this really is a time of of a shift in momentum that could really work in our favor if we hold on to those things that we did that improved the situation. Right. Absolutely. Kathy, you were talking about emailing the CEO who had done this wonderful town hall. And I wanted to go back for a second to the emailing business, because another thing that I've noticed over the last three weeks is that people are having more web meetings to communicate than just sending email chains, which I find to be very interesting. And so I asked one of my colleagues this week about that. And she said, I want to see their face. I'm not saying there's no place. Place for email, obviously there's a place for email, but she's saying there's a human connection that really, that we really need and that really makes a difference. And so Jeff, to your point, I wonder, is that something that we're learning about what it takes to really, really relate to each other? Well, if this whole COVID event has done nothing larger, it's the connection of people. It's yes. the sense that we are all a larger community. And this yes. has been a great leveler, a great equalizer. We are all exposed in, in the same kinds of ways. And we are coming together because of it in, in new ways. And I think, again, yes. if we can, given this topic of activism, if we can be activists in terms of asking for more of the things that have served us well in this time, and not think that they're just isolated to the COVID experience, but we're touching something deeply human 
and very, very positive. If we can hang on to those things rather than just going back to the way that we were before, there's a really fabulous opportunity here. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more strongly. I was speaking with a client in Dubai a few days ago, and she and I have communicated with each other. We've never met face-to-face. We've communicated with, with each other for about a year, but this was a new experience because she was in her home and I was in my home, and we had Zoom on, and we were looking at each other, and we were talking to each other in a way that we had never done before, and we both observed that. We both took note of that and said, this is all over the world. We are all experiencing the same thing. Yes, there's some nuances that are different, but we're all going through the same experience. And that that created a bond between the two of us that we hadn't had before. Kathy, if I can just pick up on the Zoom meeting where all of a sudden we're now in people's homes. Yes. Um, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us paying attention to our community. And some of the listeners may know that some of the video platforms have what are viewed as, or I think they're called vanity backgrounds. You can have a make-believe background on your video screen. And I think, no, this is an invitation to invite people into our homes now. Mm -hmm. And what Jeff was saying around, this is a unique time in our history. And we would just really encourage people to pay attention and be intentional about what they might be looking for. Is there a way to do that through possible journaling or Mm -hmm. having conversations with peers with regards to what did you learn, having those on the Zoom meetings in face-to-face? There's so many opportunities and there's so much rich stuff coming through all kinds of mediums, as we well know. I agree. It seems to me, as I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever gone through a transformational change like this one. I mean, I've talked about transformational change a lot. I've worked with clients to help them with transformational changes, but they were, in retrospect, many transformational changes (laughs) compared with this one. This one feels, to me, entirely different, and maybe that's because it is global and the uncertainty is higher than I've ever experienced in my entire lifetime. I'm wondering how you two are experiencing this transformation that we're going through. For me, it's, it's certainly been a, a fascinating challenge of, again, as I said earlier, trying to look for those opportunities here to, to say, what's the message that this whole thing is trying to, to send me? What do I need to be open to? What do I need to change my perspective on? And really importantly, how can I continue some of the things that I'm seeing that are really good things in daily practice? How can I make sure that I don't let all of those forces out there that will try and change the world back to the way it was before COVID. How can I make sure that I keep those forces at bay long enough that some really key changes get built in and that I get really used to them? And in fact, I start to insist on them. That's interesting because I have seen references from people, not so much the last couple of days, but when this started a few weeks ago, well, when we get back to business as usual, Mm -hmm. what do you think? Will there ever be business as usual again, Kathy? I'm actually more concerned that this does not become a transformational change. 
we live in a province that is very single industry specific. And I think that if we're paying attention, leaders are paying attention. I think that we have nothing but opportunity and possibility, as Jeff says, for us to change. And I'll stop it at that because I'm not quite sure yet what that change is going to mean. We've been talking about, Jeff, especially you've been talking about the learnings here. We talked about trust. We talked about reaching out to people in new ways. What are, for individuals, for employees, those who are not necessarily in high-level management positions, what other kinds of learnings do you think, do you have examples of, either for your own selves or for people you've talked with? What are people taking away so far from this? Well, I think one of the most important values that we can carry through this whole process, and this applies to leaders for sure, but even to us as uh, individual citizens or as employees, is humility, is a recognition that we don't have all the answers, we don't have the certainty, we cannot predict even the near-term future at this point. That's a very liberating thing to have. If you can step into that with humility, be clear, be honest, be open, and in that spirit of community, bring lots of voices into the mix. Mm-hmm. I think that there's really an opportunity to emerge from this in a different kind of way. I would love to see organizations on a, some kind of large scale way have some learning meetings once this starts to settle down. I what think that's a learn? marvelous idea. Yeah. What Absolutely did we do? How, how was it different when, when this was going on? What could right. we do to keep those things alive? That's a wonderful idea. One of the things that I've been recommending to people, and it's hard, it's hard because we're in crisis mode and we're reacting, reacting, reacting. But one of the things that I've been telling people is this is the perfect time to take a good look at your culture in your organization because what happens is the bad parts of your culture could actually become worse during this time or at least more visible. The good parts of your culture could also become more visible. So you can learn things right now about the culture you had before any of this started that you can address as you move into the future. But that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to take a step back and say, all right, I'm going to quit just reacting and and look at what I'm learning about my culture from this. But it's there. It's there to be learned. If people weren't friendly before the crisis, chances are they're not now either. To your question that you posed, Jeff, with regards to what are we seeing clients do Mm -hmm. is, and again, building on the theme of humility, is we're finding that people are reaching out for help. And that help is by way of one-on-one coaching, going, I need someone to have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, to your point, Kathy, we do get into culture conversations. Mm -hmm. And we do get into how was it and how could it be? And that's encouraging folks to give up control. And I know we might talk a little bit about leaders, but this, if any time was a right time to give up control, it's right now. Yes. Absolutely. Let's do make that switch to talking about leaders. Leaders who are good at leading transformations have a very different way of leading 
and they have given up control and they are engaged in more collective conversations and collective impact. So this is an opportunity for leaders to take a deep look at themselves and what's required of them to get through this transformation or to guide this transformation. Do you think they understand that this requires a different kind of leadership? I think, Kathy, they've been stepping into whether through obligation or good leadership, stepping into being very, very communicative with their teams. I think that that's been critically important. That's great. Really come to their people and said, what do you need? This is what we have to offer. They're putting clear boundaries around what is possible. They're affirming the connection that they have with their people. And when leaders do that in that transparent and, and open kind of way, that's more comforting by far than leaders saying, we have this all under control, we have this beaten, we've got the secret, we're better than anybody else at doing this because the facts just don't support doing that. Right. Leaders still have to move forward and they're anxious too. We're all anxious, but they still have to move forward. They still have to make decisions. What kind of framework, well, what kind of framework do you see leaders using to make their decisions? And then What kind of framework do you think they should be using to make their decisions? Kathy, you have any thoughts about that? Well, I do. And I'll talk about the leaders that we're seeing making what we believe are good, solid attempts at continuing to lead their organization. And then the negative side will become apparent because there's some leaders that are clearly doing the opposite. But the first one is exactly as you folks were saying, it is about giving up control To a certain extent, Uh, we know that organizations go through life cycles. We also know that it takes different types of leaders to go through different stages in the life cycle. And as you've already mentioned, Kath, everybody is going through this. This stage, it's going to be the dip in everybody's kind of uh, financial or or organizational books. In the visionariness, if that's a word, it is for leaders to take a good look at themselves and say, where are my strengths? And then make the connections to the people on their team to be able to, with way more intentionality, bring those folks in to the conversations that we're talking about. So it's Mm -hmm. about being a visionary, being connectors, being fearless, being up some control and being healers. Because they've got this whole emotional cycle for folks to have to be able to deal with. And bringing the people in to the conversation when the leaders themselves can say, I'm not quite sure how we're going to get through this. Let's talk about it. And we are seeing that in spades. So they're willing to be vulnerable in ways that you haven't seen before. Is that what I'm hearing? In ways that we haven't seen before because we haven't needed to see it before. Right, right. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that? Well, it is interesting that I think that the people that we have often seen as the best types of leaders are doing exactly what's ta- what Kathy is talking about. They have always done that. Now it's mm-hmm. just what we've done is we've, we've given additional information to more leaders, I think, that's helped them see the value of the transparency, the value of that humanity and humility. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that that lasts because those are really good leadership skills to have well before and well after COVID existed. 
Absolutely. And in my practice, what I've noted is that, at least this is my opinion, that there aren't nearly enough leaders in corporations who embrace that type of leadership style. I still see a lot of leaders who think that they must have the answers, that they don't want to communicate unless they're sure of what they're going to say or how they're going to answer questions. And that just won't work in this sort of environment. And really and truly, it's probably never going to work again. That would be my guess. And in that spirit of connecting all of us with one another, there are going to be in every team, many people who are feeling a great deal of uncertainty, a great deal of anxiety at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if leaders come forward and say, there's no reason to be anxious, I have no anxiety, nobody yeah. should be concerned, we've got this under, under control, Maybe for a very small percentage of people, that's going to be comforting and reassuring. But for most people, they're going to think, I'm not being told the truth. Exactly. Yes. Whether that's at the national level or at the corporate level, for that matter. Absolutely. Uh, So where do values fit in this mix? As you two know, and and you've been part of this too, many of our clients are what we call purpose-driven companies in that they've stated very clearly why they exist as a company, and they've stated their values and their commitments to their values and how they're acting on their values. Where do purpose and values at the organizational level fit in this environment, do you think? Kathy? Well, I was just smiling as you were setting us up for this, because as I've been listening to the two of talk, there's been so much value language already woven into what it is that we're talking about. Good point. And I so appreciate all that what we've known and have learned about our millennials coming into the workplace. And Kathy, you wrote a great article on millennials, I think it was Forbes.com earlier this year. This whole cohort of employees are purpose-driven, for the most part, for the most part. Yeah. I believe now is the time, as we have this chance to pause, is truly an invitation. For those of our clients, Kathy, that are already purpose-driven, how do they deepen that? How do they get a chance to improve it? And those that are less purpose-driven, what a, what a really good opportunity to bring people in, as we already talked about, about stepping into uh, humility mm-hmm. and connecting with folks to say, how can we have a more meaningful environment? Have you two noticed, I don't know if this is just peculiar to my email inbox, I doubt it. Every day I get two, three, four very personal, very warm notes from a CEO or a senior manager from somebody that I do business with talking about what they're going to do to address the problems that our world faces. And these are some, these are from some companies that have never taken those stands before. Are you having that experience? Absolutely, Kathy. It's, it's remarkable. The very personal kinds of things that are being yeah. said, the, the open declarations of how this is affecting our business, what we're attempting to do for our stakeholders and our people, how we're, we're using this as an opportunity for change of the, the way that we're practicing our business. And I think one of the beauties of this time from a values perspective is that COVID can act as a real litmus test for us. As individuals, as members of a, of a couple, as employees, as employers, as leaders, where we take a look at how we thought and felt and behaved during this time, and then 
use that as a real clear lens to look at our values, to say that are the things that we espouse, the things that we believe we're all about, did they hold up the stress of this? Because that's that's yes. really the time when you measure a person or an organization's yes. character is, is not when things are, are going super well, but when the feet are really put to the fire. Absolutely. And all those things that we as employees or employers take for granted or took for granted, it's becoming so visible to me what I took for granted in terms of interacting with my team. It's just, it's really been an incredible experience just in the few weeks that we've been living this. Let's talk about resilience, because I think that that's what all of us need right now. <laughs> we, as individuals, we need it. As leaders, we need it. Our organizations, we, we all need it. That is, when we emerge from the current crisis, whenever that is and whatever that looks like, how do we think about what does bouncing back mean, which is what that's kind of the definition of resilience. What does it mean to bounce back? What does that look like to you too? Kathy, what are your thoughts? First of all, I would say it's about bouncing forward. I do not want to sound trite, but it's doing all the things that we've been talking about in our just our brief conversation now is for folks to be very thoughtful in what did they learn about themselves that they can take into this new world. And, mm-hmm. and that means they need to be courageous. They need to take risks in order to make some of these changes stick. Yeah, Jeff. What worked for me? What did I see different? What do I want to be doing? What do I want to ask my company to be thinking about? And I'd, I'd really advocate from a point of view of broader resiliency that every employee in a company take the time to think about what did I see that was better than what was before? What was I surprised by? What was I disappointed by? And jump with ferocity into those conversations to say I saw some amazing things happen and I saw some things I wished did happen Mm -hmm. how can we keep these things moving forward and to truly treat this as the beginning of a greater momentum because that's that's really what resiliency is about it's it's about finding the momentum to move forward not just I have the capacity to keep things exactly the way that they are forever because that's that will always wear down eventually Right, exactly. All right. Well, this conversation, I think we could probably talk for weeks about this, and we may. And we have been. (laughs) We may all have to get back together again in another week. Things change so quickly that what I thought yesterday might change by tomorrow. (laughs) And again, isn't that exciting? Isn't isn't that wonderful? Yes, yes, yes. It's both scary and exciting, and that's what transformation is all about. So thank you so much for coming on today. Any last takeaways that you would like to leave with the listeners? Any statements or anything else that you'd like to leave with the listeners today? If I could just tell you a little story, because it's been one of the things that's leapt out to me more than anything else in this moment. So about a month ago, Kathy and I had a wonderful opportunity to do some work together in Kathmandu, the capital city of Nepal. Mm-hmm. And Kathmandu is one of the most polluted cities in the world. It's a really challenging place to be there for visitors now because it's, it's, it's actually quite difficult to breathe. Wow. The pollution is so thick. This week, there have started to be pictures coming out of Kathmandu where there's been a very strong-handed lockdown. 
started to have pictures come out where for the first time in 20 years, around the rim of the valley, you can see the Himalayan mountains. Wow. And I think that that's a, that's a very powerful metaphor. What mountains are hiding behind your ridgelines? If things clear up a little bit, what can you see that you couldn't see before? And I think from an activism point of view, this is a really interesting time for Nepal because I just think about all of those children especially who may have never seen the mountains that are right there on the edge of the city. And now they can see them for the first time. And how will that inspire them to ask for more and make some changes? And you wouldn't ask for that if you hadn't seen so I think it's a, it's a powerful, powerful opportunity to ask yourself, what are the things that are out there that you're seeing now for the first time? And how can you make sure that you don't forget about those in the rush to get things back to normal? That's wonderful. What a wonderful metaphor. All right. Well, thank you, you two. And we'll get back together again and continue this conversation. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Culture Cafe. If you liked what you heard, connect with us at millerconsultants.com. You can access the show notes and receive our free materials. See you next episode.